Welcome back to Coffee Lovers Radio. I'm your host, Joseph Robertson with Coffee Lovers Magazine, and we are again at Conduit with Jesse Nelson and Ooh. Sean Coffee Smith Lieb is sitting in. Do we have fake John today? No. <laughs> That's a no one. That's a no on fake John. Yep, definitely <laughs> no on that one. Um, I miss right. real John. <laughs> I miss, yeah, re, it would be nice if real John would come we back. Real him. John, if you're listening, what the heck? What the heck? Come back. We um, love you. Fake John doesn't do anything we ask him to do. No. That and it's never... Jesse. It's also never his fault. <laughs> <laughs> real John, it's still your fault. Um, but yeah, after, after a bit of a summer lull... Uh, just going to jump back into it. we got kind of a new format uh, to approach the radio show. We do? Um, essentially, well, I think I think the shows will be pretty much the same. It's just a matter of planning <laughs> on my part so that, you know, we actually record shows <laughs> and put them out on a regular basis. Uh, but the idea is that uh, every show will be centered around some uh, actionable idea. So you can listen to a show and learn something that you can then go and put into action. That's cool. There's, that's the that's kind of the theme in some of the new blogs and podcasts out there, it seems, just across the board. Yeah. Well, I, More I mean, activities going along with what they're reading and things to try and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's certainly nice to just sit and, and jabber about coffee, but, I mean, it, we always try to teach something learnable anyways, so I might as well center the topics around these sorts of things. It's true. I'd so. forgotten that. <laughs> So we'll, we'll have some kind of topic, and that'll determine the subject of the episode, and then that may also help us bring in guests as well, uh, who can better speak about things than we can. So, yeah. We like those people. Um, so as we're recording this, it's the is it it's September 1st, isn't it? It is September. Came in in That's wild. nice, rainy, wet fashion today in Seattle. Excellent. It feels yeah, like <laughs> old... Old Seattle again. Now that there's no more sun, we can sit down and talk about coffee. Exactly. Now the only sunshine that exists is in your coffee cup. Oh. That's the best sunshine. Heck yeah. It's my favorite sunshine. I like to call it tasty sun. (laughs) Sunny D. Sunny D. You get a lot of that in Alaska there, Fake John? (laughs) Fake John is not here today. Come on. Uh... (laughs) So the uh, latest issue of uh, the magazine will be out uh, as you're listening to this. We've got Jason Prefontaine from Slayer Espresso on the cover, and uh, more stuff come down the line as well. Uh, what's new with Conduit? Oh, boy. Well, summer's been amazing here. It's been so beautiful on the lake. It's been very busy, growing faster than we ever have. More and more people, more and more events. It's been really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Kind of excited for the weather to change a bit and kind of get back to... Oh, some yeah. sort of routine and right. you know, Getting the regular hours. back underneath one roof instead of scattered about in the sunshine. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, so we just wrapped up the Yemen, basically. Yeah. Um, we're on the end of that, yeah. basically. Uh, um, we are saving some, so it will pop up, I'm sure, in the future oh, yeah. occasionally, but mostly because oh, yeah. we're saving it for Armageddon. Right. And you also just finished another Teespring. Yeah. Just I'm to get that sweatshirt. Yesterday. I know. Actual sweatshirts. <laughs> so this is a cool thing, and that's what Sean here, Sean Coffee Smith, uh, designed a really awesome shirt for us. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And we have so many more ideas for him. And I, I'm here to draw all of them. 
So we'll, we'll surely be uh, <laughs> sharing some peace One year at a time. <laughs> uh, so moving forward with uh, today's episode. <laughs> I want to talk more what? about t-shirts. You want to talk more about t-shirts? Yep. Well, You're wearing uh, my t-shirt. I am wearing your t-shirt. It's really nice. T-shirts are cool. I don't even have my t-shirt anymore. Because I gave it to John. He's <laughs> not even here. Did you get it to John? Real, real John or fake John? Real John. Real John. Fake John, John wants a t-shirt. I don't have a t-shirt for I'm, you, fake John. I'm I think sorry. you should get fake John t-shirt. All right. Um, well, he's in between sizes, though. He can't. I'm in between sizes. <laughs> I, I just finished up my... Uh... Clearly, we've really improved these podcasts. Yeah, clearly. Uh, well, I just finished up my art commission season. So oh, yes. That was a very interesting four months of drawing for other people. Yeah. But um, now I'm just going to... I've decided to just kind of cut back on the general thing, and I'm just going to be drawing more for Conduit. So we're going to make some cool stuff. Well, we have some cool ideas for just some stuff coming in the holidays for little giveaway cards and placeholders and stuff that's simple. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be too elaborate. It's only you're only a slave Rock, a few hours a week. Rockwell style Santa Claus drinking Conduit coffee. <laughs> yeah. Now that you said it, <laughs> right? You can expect that in two weeks. I'm just going to see a really. <laughs> I'll just superimpose yeah. a coffee cup over a Coca-Cola bottle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Just stuck on there. <laughs> we do have some uh, cool ideas that Sean and I have been working no. on. They're hilarious. You'll see them. Join the Conduit mailer at conduitcoffee.com, and we'll announce those a little bit more officially. Also, enjo- uh, join the radio email list, coffeeloversradio.com, because you're <laughs> listening to it. Because we all need more mailing lists. In our right. <laughs> Well, if you want to hear about the cool stuff you do. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so before we sat down, we did a little uh, side-by-side comparing, um, looking at when you do a when you do a manual brew, like drip brew, uh, everyone says, you know, do a bloom, and we're you know, not questioning whether you should or not, but we were curious to see uh, what the bloom does for you. What is a bloom? What is a bloom? Are you asking me that question? I am asking you that question. <laughs> Uh, Sean, you're more better equipped to explain the answer. Okay, well, a bloom is the part of the coffee that starts to form initially when you apply water to ground coffee. So whenever you're doing a V60 or a Chemex or a really common in pour-overs or even a French press, you'll see this cake starting to form on top of the brew. Um, it can have a slight coloration from dark brown to light browns, depending on roast profiles and other factors. But essentially, it, it looks like a, a an inflammation of coffee grounds at the top of the brew. Um, it's very common. Uh, generally, this is attributed to gas and hot water interacting with each other, and it's expanding the material rather uh, violently at the top. Um, for me, it always kind of looked like a muffin top, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, and a lot of people over the years, especially in the past, had different practices on what they would do with that. Um, a common a common thing with French presses back in the day was as soon as the bloom formed, you would just start stirring it. Dude. Just give it a vigorous stir. <laughs> is there a benefit to blooming on a French press? I mean, it's all immersed, I, yeah? I don't know if I, this is like a sidebar. I wouldn't just... say that there's a benefit. It's just that this is what coffee does. It's just, it acts right. this way. Oh, okay. That bloom it acts this way, but, you know, the bloom is essentially what forms the crust on a cupping bowl. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in certain methods, and I think French press can, can, you can work it this way, and we've done this actually in previous episodes about 
brewing French press, like a cupping bowl where you yeah. scrape that crust off. And that's yeah. essentially the bloom yeah. um, that you just don't disturb. And that okay. one we left to go, let it go for the first, for the full four yeah, minutes. Yeah, brew for four minutes and that's right. great. But, um, you know, if a, a bloom essentially is that crust that's forming. So mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with heat, you know, and if you're going to break that bloom right away, potentially you're going to release all that heat. And right. so like in an AeroPress or something like that, especially an inverted one, right. you know, you're, you're going to lose a lot of heat as well um, without a bloom. Interesting. Yeah I, yeah, I always just looked at the bloom in terms of uh, uh, the drip processes uh, or any any process where the water is passing through the coffee, just right. because it, it's a you know a process of preparing the grounds to receive more water. So I think that's part of the confusion is there's different uses for the bloom. Mm-hmm. There's and you can add on to this, I guess. <laughs> there's there's the pre infusion, if you will, like mm-hmm. the the getting the reaction, this water soluble reaction going in there without actually flushing anything through. Um, and then you're also able to release the gas so it doesn't interfere with the brewing. Um, it can help with fresher coffees and things like that. And then it also helps kind of keep consistent heat the whole time so the brew maintains a temperature above 190 degrees. It can help with that, hmm. I would think. Interesting. I haven't, uh, I haven't tested that. Um, <laughs> That's why there's so much confusion, I think, for yeah. us to decide what kind of bloom we we're going to do for this yeah. test. So, yeah, be, uh, before we uh, sat down to, to chat about this, we did a... a, a comparison on Chemex, one with a, a bloom of a certain type and one with no bloom, um, just to see. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we kind of mixed some processes there. This has been on my mind lately because of my conversation with uh, uh, Jason over at Slayer, yeah. which is in the current issue, no. uh, interview with him. Because um, yeah, they're using, in the Slayer, they use uh, flow rate manipulation to essentially you know saturate the grounds right. in the portafilter before applying the pressure in order to prepare them right. to receive, you know, the water. Right. It's an um, advanced pre-infusion. Yeah. I mean, they're changing all that, that flow rate. And the flow rate's really the key part about this. I think that's a big part of the bloom is just controlling that flow rate mm-hmm. and that temperature then. And uh, yeah, after after talking to him about that, I started messing around with my bloom on the, on the Chemex. So today, uh, the so we had, we had one Chemex that you were pouring where just from the start you poured slowly the whole yep. time. And then what I did is I, I poured in uh, about 30 grams of water. We had 30 grams of grounds in there. So I poured in 30 grams of water and stirred to um, make sure all the grounds were sa- saturated, essentially. So that's a one-to-one ratio. Uh, yeah, one-to-one. And uh, nothing dripped through, which was good to see. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, stop <laughs> laughing. I mentioned before, I, I did a brew yesterday where I tried this, and I one-to-one it, and a bunch dripped through. I think it was just... Maybe because it was a darker roast or well, something. It, it could be the water soluble, yeah, how fast yeah, it moves through the grind size. Particle size. Yep. Yeah. If you hit the side of the filter too much, and that water just scoots right down underneath the grounds. Yeah. Um, that's why I like starting real slow with a one to one, and then the stirring I think is really important if you're concerned about that extraction element of the bloom, or you make sure that all the grounds are wet at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so we did this with uh, your Kenya that you have right now. Yeah. Um, which, Kirin uh, Yaga Gatuto. Do you want to describe that on the cupping table? It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful Kenyan, um, pretty classic, round, sweet, little, sweet vegetal. It's mm-hmm. nice, um, especially when it's fresh. So this was from Friday. Friday you said yeah, that. so it's been five days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been so pulling it over at the shop, and it's got nice rounded chocolate notes. And then as it cools down, it tends to just kind of bring itself up to a little higher note, a little citrus. Just a little hint of citrus just kind of floating around mm-hmm. in there, which a lot of people tend to pick up. It's not a very aggressive. No, Meyer lemon sort of, like right, it's pretty sweet right. citrus. 
And so it's been actually turning a lot of heads. Like, I like Kenyas, but I've never really run into a lot of Kenyas that are like, wow. But the stuff that we've been pulling over at my shop, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> this is really, really nice. And so, and I love it when, it, especially with coffees, I like it when an espresso acts that way because then it's easier to share it with people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so, yeah, so we did the, the Bloom and No Bloom comparison with that coffee. Uh, and I think we were surprised by. We were expecting there to be differences. Right. But I was certainly surprised by how. It was wildly like, different. The two I thought I was. Right. I for a second I thought I was tasting two different coffees entirely. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, one tasted like a nice, fairly nice brew, and the other tasted like cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really was, and I was unanimous around the. Yeah, yeah it just wasn't table. very well developed. Um, yeah. The brews were the same, so we basically we poured the water at, so we finished about the same time and poured the water. I don't think that made much of a difference. No, it was like five or ten seconds. I mean, there's always more you can get into the nitpicky stuff of all this, but you know, we simplified the recipes down and didn't get into too much just to make those variables. One was pre-saturated, and then right. So we started exactly the same time. The one-to-one bloom on one that left it open for thirty seconds, and then poured the rest by about a minute twenty, I believe. And then I poured slowly the whole time and finished up about a minute mm-hmm. 30 in the pour. Uh, same weight, you know, same ratio of water, grams, all that. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the one from the bloom, uh, my first impressions were uh, quite juicy. And uh, that lemon that you mentioned, I can taste that right away. Totally full cup. And the other one was uh, just uh, almost bitter, I would say. It just um, felt... And then wa- flat. I, uh, I honestly the felt like it was just washed out. Right. Uh, just... Like, if it was whatever, missing flavors, right? Yeah. Right. It just didn't. It's achieve, like almost an under. It, something was underdeveloped. Right. In it there. felt like it just didn't achieve a full extraction right. of what you were aiming for. So there was definitely traits missing out of it. Right. So so that's like, where that extraction element, I think, of the bloom mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. Is the most important reason why it's sort of what Slayer's saying. You know, yeah. is you give it some time for the coffee to get that chemical reaction going before you flush right. it out. You know, that coffee, that water that comes right out when you just start pouring right away right. has been in the coffee for just a few seconds, so there's not a lot that is actually pulling out of there, mm-hmm. whereas towards the end of the years, you know, it's right. not so it's not... So I guess the, the other the other aspect, when we were talking about the bloom, you were talking about how the bloom can retain heat and such, mm-hmm. that, that would not have happened in this case. No. Because I was breaking it all up with the stir. Right. Um, but, it, yeah, but then you did introduce heat Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the heat element actually is probably fairly similar. I mean, it was cooler what you did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked cooler too. It was, but, but at the it same was a lower time, temperature. Even, but then catching up real quick, right? Um, with the pour, I mean, the continuous pour is the best way to maintain a temperature, slurry temperature. In, in most pour overs, the industry standard, what they call the slurry, the slurry is that state of the coffee where it's not at a full. You're not fully flushing it out yet. It's just before that, but it's definitely after pre-infusion. And uh, generally, uh, industry standard for what they call the slurry is to maintain it at 195. Generally, when we start these things, like 202, 203, 201. Mm -hmm. But definitely not lower than 195. Yeah, definitely not lower than 195. I don't think I've ever measured my slurry. Oh, really? You should. Oh, um, man. All right. There are elements. Well, the, the, <laughs> Take the a mental I, note. We're doing this the, next month. The idea behind it is that there are... The coffee is very complex. And Sorry. so 
at 202, the heavier base solids in coffee start to break down. If you don't achieve that 202 and then maintain that 195, that breakdown doesn't occur. And so you can't actually achieve a full extraction, mm -hmm. anything underneath. It's a like, lot of the lipids and fats right. and stuff like it's that. Like, it's like making caramel sauce. Right. You actually have to brown that sugar and get it to that particular temperature so it will actually break down and then start to refuse with itself. And that's what we're massaging out of the coffee. So then that leads to some other types of blooms and what you can do. Um, there's another recipe that I'd love to try as we keep going into this. And this was such a stark difference that I think we should go back and try this again. Sure. Um, but it doing a double bloom where you put like a one-to-one -one ratio in, let it have its time. Then you put that same amount of water in, you know, so you'd end up with a two-to-one ratio, which flushes a little bit of stuff out. But then also just keeps what you said, keeps preparing that reaction. And then it's just kind of a quick pour to the end. And I th and this was more for like a V60 where the flow is a lot faster through that than right. the Chemex. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably a really good method to get the most out of a V60 as far as body goes. Oh, yeah. Solids. It goes a long yeah. way with V60s. Um, I used to do, you know, back in the day when V60s started hitting a lot day. of the coffee shops. Um, oh man, 2009, 2010, <laughs> well, that was, was crazy. I remember starting off <laughs> with, uh, over 60 years ago. I remember starting off with brown paper filters, Melitas, and then eventually that turned into gold cones, and then mm. Hario started putting out, a, and Chemex has made a, a comeback, and then Hario started coming out with V60s and these, uh, I, what they were claiming was a better paper filter and a better design in the apparatus that you put the filter in. Um, and I, for the longest time, I jumped a little bit back and forth between uh, pre-agitation and non-agitation, this continuous pouring. I was never quite satisfied with the continuous pour. It just mm -hmm. never right. really seen lighter roasted coffees. I think it took a little while for the industry to kind of catch up and really first answer the question: What is a light roasted coffee? What is it about light roasted coffees that are coming out, and what what defines it? There was definitely that period, and generally after we figure out what's happening with the roast, then the methodologies behind the roast start to get more involved because. It always starts back with that seed or right. that bean. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon, Paul Weaver. Seed. <laughs> BP Dub. BP Dub. Seed we love you. It's not, though. It's a pit. Oh, that's right. That's right. Droop yeah. fruit. It's a droop fruit. Droop fruit. So we're going to call them the coffee pits now? Yeah. Coffee <laughs> pits. Right. Well, they're still beans once they're processed and roasted. But technically speaking, okay. all seeds that come from a droop fruit, such as cherries, are referred to as pits. And how can you deny a droop fruit? Technically correct is the sad. best kind of question. Too sad to be denied. So uh, uh, for those at home, brewing at home, um, what can they do with this information? <laughs> this bevy of bloom information? Uh, um, I think, you know, what you were saying earlier, too, also, just that not everybody has a nice gooseneck kettle. You mm -hmm. know, we use our, our Bonavita goosenecks here, but they're yeah, really so great for controlling the, the flow rate and stuff like that. So I think a bloom can help with the home user that just wants to get a nice start to the brew and doesn't necessarily have the right kettle or is even using like a saucepan to pour that you can, well, even the one to one's fairly easy to get that ratio and you get a nice bloom to kind of expand right. and, and get that yeah. set up. And then even, even with the, um, even with the gooseneck kettle, obviously the, the bloom is better. Uh, I did start messing around with the one to one and, and stirring method 
uh, because I've been using an old style kettle with a wide spout that I have a, a, a uncontrolled pour with basically. Uh, and I found that brewing that way compared to, to previously what I would do on the Chemex is I would bloom with about two to one water to ground. So I would just pour it over and wait 30 seconds. No stirring. Uh, but um, lowering the amount of water and stirring to make sure all the grounds were prepped without any control over the pour, the cup came out cleaner. Mm. Um, There's an old saying, uh, keep it low and slow. <laughs> can't, can't do that always. <laughs> Anyways, you pre- I, I think, I think the, I think certainly the bloom gives, gives you the opportunity to uh, play around with coffee. And maybe certain coffees do better with certain types of blooms, I don't know. Mm. Um, so if you aren't blooming or you're doing a pour over, you definitely should. Even if it's just, you know, pouring in 100 just, grams of water to start with. Yep, just give it a minute to let that coffee yeah. set up and get those reactions going yeah. for at least 20 seconds, 30 oh, yeah. seconds. Uh, the fresher the coffee, you know, probably closer to 30 seconds. And it's a nice thing to do because coffee's producing a lot of excess gases that we don't want. And carbon dioxide, nitrogen, things like that. And that open air and that bloom, giving it more time allows a lot of those things to actually escape, mm-hmm. which is always good because those two in particular are inhibitors to flavor. Um, nitrogen, carbon dioxide gets introduced to our food in somewhat. They actually block our, um, our taste buds. Mm so that we're not getting the full flavor effect. It's the problem that they run into a lot of red wines. So defective bottles of wine, the nitrogen or carbon, yeah, nitrogen content, they'll measure out and they'll be like, this is a bad batch because there's no way that this will ever develop properly, which I always found pretty interesting. Hmm. I'm also interested if, if uh, playing around with the bloom, if you can play around with the grind size more as well. Um, I would think so. Because that's the theory with the, the Slayer is, you know, when you can pre-infuse the coffee, you can have a finer grind size and you can push more flavor out. That's essentially what, what happens when they do that. I know. I'm That sort of is a little counterintuitive. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems like a coarser grind when you do a bloom that it allows that coffee to, you know, allows you to, that water to extract more from the ground. Yeah. I'm kind of paraphrasing... Um, it's all in the interview, but, uh, essentially, um, so the, the, that pre-infusion opens up the grounds to extract more of the soluble components. Right. Uh, then you extract, it is of course with high pressure, so this is, you know, there's different things right. going on here. Uh, there are oils being extracted, more oils being extracted, which, uh, as I recall Jason saying, that, um, those oils block the bitter receptors on your tongue which end up making the espresso taste sweeter mm. something like that um, that's espresso though <laughs> yeah. but I, I think I'm interested if some of those concepts can be transported right. to I mean the difference is that pressure too and I yeah because yeah. you can't have too fine of a grind because gravity just won't push the water down that's true fast enough yeah. to get a reasonable time for a brew um, so anyways yeah uh, play around with your brew uh, your brew your bloom <laughs> <laughs> at least bloom you know Your try blooming brews try the one to one and stir try two to one yep makes a big difference get. yeah you know you start seeing why a slow brew like that is kind of mm. a 
a nice alternative to regular drip coffee. Yeah. And you can do this with uh, uh, Chemex, the V60, the Kalita Waves. What else we got? Anything that uses gravity. Anything that uses gravity. Everything. Valentine's Day. I don't know. Two blooms all the time. <laughs> Thank you for listening, folks. <laughs> <laughs>